Welcome to another episode of the Scottish Property Podcast. My name's Nick Ponte. I've got Stephen Clark here. How you doing? Good, Nick. Good. You have lined up a banger off a guest today, mate. Well done. A banger? That's a bit insulting, mate. He's not that much of a banger. He's actually, well, called a, him a, he actually called him a wanker a couple of times on the call, which I'm, which I'm, <laughs> I'm glad he's got a decent sense of humour and didn't take offence to you. It was a good laugh. Uh, no, I've, I've uh, known Gary now for a, a few months. He's uh, been a regular at our uh, Glasgow networking events. And uh, he's a very, very smart guy. He built up a business uh, in digital marketing uh, at Google SEO. And uh, he sold that out. Uh, well, actually revealed he made £2 million out of that business. And he's now investing in property. And he's also and, and built... He's, and he's only 24, guys. Only 24. 24. Yeah. So if you're looking for a bit of inspiration, listen to this guy, man. A lot of energy. Uh, I love chatting to him when I meet up for the Glasgow networking events. And uh, now he's kind of focusing all his time in property. And he's using his, what's really interesting, he's using his skill set in digital marketing, Stephen, to now, uh, you know, build yeah. up that property business. Yeah, absolutely. He knows he's playing on the back foot when it comes to maybe his property experience and development experience, but he's leap years ahead of where, you know, us peasants are when it comes to digital marketing and Facebook ads is what he focuses on. So, yeah, he goes into detail on what his business is and, and how he's grown that over the last couple of years um, since he sold out his other business. So if you're looking for the best place to spend your money on marketing and advertising, listen to this. If you want to know how much you need to spend to actually bring in the leads and create those opportunities, then listen to this. And just in general about Facebook ads, digital marketing, it's a great podcast. And we will cut to the interview with Gary Wilson. Welcome to the Scottish Property Podcast, Gary Wilson. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Nick. Excellent. Right. Thank, thank you and thank you very much for being a supportive member of the Scottish Pod, uh, Property Podcast community because you've been to the last, I think, four events of our in-person networking. So I think if there was a season ticket to be had, you'd be buying it, mate. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to be networking. You pull a good get event together. So I'm happy to be there. Continue going. So is it as good as he says it is, Gary? I mean, Nick, Nick makes anything sound great. He's, he's a bit of an estate agent type, so it's good, you know. I, mean, I, told, not... I told him that as well. Like, see, when he's tried estate agency a few years ago, I said, you should, you should have stuck in that. You've got, you've got the gift. But no, he keeps telling me that the, the reasons why his events sell out within a week, two weeks, is because he puts on this a phenomenal event. So you're the first person I've spoke to this actually attended with an impartial uh, view. So. Yeah. Mate, I'm, I'm just... terrible. I'm absolutely terrible at sales, right? And that's bit, But what I do love is marketing. And that's what we've got you on to talk about today, specifically digital marketing. And we're going to give the listeners a bit of uh, a bit of value here in terms of that. But first of all, like let's roll it back a little bit. You're sitting there in your mansion, mate. Tell all the listeners how you ended up being so minted. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur from a very young age. When I was in high school, um, I was building websites for people, to put it in perspective. So you might think I'm only 24 just now. It's like crazy, you know, rich pains or something. That's what people usually say, but... I mean, I've been working my butt off since I was in high school, basically, and worked my way up. And I'm, you know, I, I started started a business and I sold it last year, um, for a few million quid. And yeah, that's why. How I'm, many million quid? <laughs> Two million. Love it. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Is that is that a business you built up from the ground up? And was it was it SEO? Yeah, so it's an it's an SEO company. Um, I, yeah, basically built from the ground up. I'd, I'd actually partnered with, I was a supplier originally for someone else, someone else's brand originally. And it, the business kind of went balls up and I ended up buying the brand off of him and then running it as my own company for a couple of years. And I grew it from, 
about you know 40 50 grand a month up to about two three hundred just through you know online marketing and things so that's the story I absolutely love seeing young people do well. It gives me a real buzz. And that's why I've been really enjoying talking to you at the, at the podcast networking events as well. Um, I really feel an energy from you. So uh, what we wouldn't really want to dig into today is, I mean, a little bit about obviously how you, you know, when you sold that, that company and you ended up with 2 million quid in your bank, what made you get into property and why property? Yeah, so and actually the, the, the journey of property came a little bit earlier. Was wasn't just like the minute I sold it. So right. my my mum my mum was retiring, and obviously, I mean, any entrepreneurs read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, the whole thing of you know take the money you've got, stick it into an investment, and live off of the income. So for me, I was I was I was making quite a lot of money, um, you know, two three years ago off, off of my business and. There wasn't I wasn't particularly wanting to spend it on stupid things. I was smart and, and I was, you know, wanted some secure income coming in as well because it's like how long is this amazing business that I've built gonna last? So um, I bought a couple of uh, investment properties and that was just from the help of my mum, you know, what when I need to go bright, just different this, different places, um, just to rent them out and just, you know, a bit, a bit of safety and security. And from, from doing all that, I learned a lot about the basics of property, understanding mortgages, different things like that. And I started to meet some local sourcers. Um, and from talking to sourcers, I, you know, because I thought I thought at the start, you know, you just bought a property, got a mortgage on it, and that was really the extent of properties. But then learning about flips, learning about uh, buy-to-let, refinance, all these different other strategies that you can do, um, I started to obviously, you know, get more of an interest in it. But it, it, it really just came from, for me as an investor, getting an income. Um, almost like what a 50 year old does for his pension you know I was just doing the same thing I was making a lot of money so so now you're going to you're, now you're, I'm assuming you're you're changing changing tack changing strategies so a bit of education a bit of knowledge and you know are you going to do something different now rather than just investing the money into property absolutely so I mean but obviously I, I was investing myself and then I started to learn all of these other strategies and other other things that you could do um, and it was from you know just, just learning more from other people that I actually decided to um, start a business because I saw I, I saw the potential to use my marketing knowledge. Around the time I was selling my old other company, I saw the potential to use my marketing knowledge as a tool, not just to get my own deals, but also to help become become a provider of help them to sell their properties as well, either to other investors, either to listen at the open market, different routes. But I because I knew how to attract the sellers. Um, because I understood marketing and I've done it in a very space, you know, um, it, it was really just a, a bit of a gold mine and open opportunity for me to, to jump in, which would continue to fuel um, the deals that I was looking for because the, the market, as everyone knows, got really tough over, over the last couple of years. It's really difficult to get BMV discounts. Um, so, and I, I was obviously, you know, I'm a fussy investor. I want the best deals on planet Earth. So, I knew that in order for me to attract that, I had to be in a business that was effectively sourcing deals all the time, and you know, getting opportunities all coming to me all the time, and effectively direct to vendor. Because if you if you're on right move, there's everyone in their grannies on right move. You know, if you, if you want an edge and you want opportunity, you're only going to get that by going directly to the sellers before they hit an estate agent, effectively, who's framing them on the top price that they can get. You know. Absolutely. This this is a really unique niche you've got and the skill set you've got because you know, like we all will try and do it through our, our social media platforms and, and personal branding and you know, 
Gumtree ads or some Facebook market ads or whatever we're trying to do. We're all trying to do this little thing, but you've got a complete skill set in how we actually get specifically through your Absolutely. right to right to the right to the seller, which is which is where we can get the good deals. Absolutely. I mean, so I mean, I I was doing marketing. Majority of what I do is Facebook ads. Like I was doing marketing, put in perspective, in the marketing niche against marketers in America, right? So if you can think of a harder, most more competitive market to to compete in, right? It's literally that, right? Um, so I had to become very good at marketing. I was obviously, I would say I'm more a marketer than a property person still. I still attend marketing events all the time. Um, I'm still very much, um, you know, a lot of the relationships and a lot of the contacts I know are marketers. Um, and, you know, that, that, that was where I came from. So for me, when I looked at Scotland property, um, you know, it just, it was like, a, it was a bit of a blue ocean market for me because I saw how bad the marketing was as compared to the knowledge that I have. So that, that, that was why I knew that for, for me coming in, I, I maybe was going to have an uphill battle and figure out the whole property side. But I would instantly have an edge and being able to get deals, which is kind of the the golden ticket to being a successful property sourcer or estate agent is being able to get a flow of deals constantly coming in, and that was what I realised quite early on, and that was why I, I sort of doubled down on that business model. Do, do, do you know what? Do you know what I'm loving about this this kind of story so far, Gary? Like this is the first time I've met you. Is you've got a couple of million pounds set in the bank, but you understand the importance of finding deals, and this is what I always struggle to get people's head around stuff. You don't need money for a property. You need to have that the knowledge and the experience and the skill set to find the good deals. And right, you've got both sitting there now. So I'm, I'm excited about this conversation and watching your yeah. journey forward. So specifically, sure. what is it you, you actually do now specifically to get these deals? Um, you know, so a lot of people think that there are some magical thing and I'm doing a million one thing. So I'm an advocate of, of doing one thing. I've always been the same in my own business. Doing one thing really, really well and becoming very good at it. So literally all I do, most of my day, is literally spent running Facebook ads and perfecting those campaigns and finding out the best way of monetizing deals. Now, this is the, this is the, the bit I think most people don't understand and don't think about when they're running ads or they're doing any form of marketing is they think that the magic of a great business is in the marketing. It's in being able to put out some message or some trick out there that's going to attract people to come to you and just going to make a million pounds. No, the, 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 the thing that makes a business work is actually being able to help customers, right? So the majority of my day is actually spent on when I get somebody in who wants to sell their property, it's how can I get them the best price in the quickest possible way and basically solve their problems, right? That's, that's literally what I'm thinking about all the time. So most of my effort actually goes into that because let's say, for example, Nick, you're like two times better at marketing than I am, right? But let's say I'm 10 times better at converting deals than you are because I've been in the business for a longer time. It doesn't matter how good you are at marketing. I'm going to make more money than you off of all of the leads that I get, even though it's less leads for a, for a higher cost. I'm going to make more money than you because I understand how to convert customers. And people don't really think about that. They don't realize that what makes your business great is actually having a great operational fulfillment, offering a great service to customers. All the time I spend like spend so much time just looking for like the notes on sales calls to look at what people's problems are and all that stuff. And then that's going into my marketing, it's going into my my brochures that I give them. It's it's all coming up front so that they they realize that I can solve solve the solutions better than other people. 
speak like, yeah. them, like you're speaking directly to them and you know and, and the problems and you're providing yeah. that solution for them. And I'm not just I'm not just speaking to them, I'm actually providing a better service. Like I'll give you an example. So this is something that happened last week. So there was um there was a seller who basically they had a tenant in their property and they wanted to sell the property and get, get a kind of valuation on the property before they sold it, right? So some other sourcer went out to the property about a year ago and the, the, the seller who was selling wanted to keep the sale secret, right? And the person who went out roared into the tenant's house, starts telling the tenant, oh, your, your landlord's selling, I'm in, you know, going to price this up, you know, let's do a cost of works in this and telling the tenant everything, right? Landlord gets pissed off and obviously tells that sourcer to bugger off, right? The landlord phones me, she's like, I'm phoning everyone and nobody's got an answer to this, nobody's got an answer to this. And I'm like, oh, have you not heard about our selling and secrecy service, right? This is something I came up with months ago because I heard other people with this problem, right? We actually go in as a mortgage valuer. We don't tell the tenant that you're selling the property, okay? And we just do that and get our photos and our videos and stuff, but we don't tell the tenant until you've got a sale agreed, okay? And that's the thing of trying to get them an off-market sale where you're getting a buyer who can just look at the photos and the videos effectively agree to buy that property without having to list in the open market. So that's that's an example of listening to someone. A lot of people, they just roll in, they see a deal and they want to run in there and they want to like just do what they can to, for themselves. You know, I'm going to price up this, I'm going to do this. I'm just actually you have to think about who the hell you're dealing with because the only reason that woman's working with me over like the other 50 companies that are out there is because I've solved her problem better. She won't go anywhere else. She's going to listen to me when I tell her your price expectations too high. It's this and that because I, I actually I understand their problems better than anyone else. You know, you're the nail on the head there is most most people go in with what they're getting out of it, with what they're trying to get the property for the deal, the amount they're going right. to make for the deal. So they're so focused on their own needs that they're not actually focusing on the their clients' needs. So it's because the customer right. needs to try and solve yep. their problems. Really good, really good. And that's I know your you, customer, you know. Yeah, so I know you've got a few kind of like you know wings to the the business. So you know, obviously, you know, you're trying to build up your uh, property portfolio yourself. So you know, presumably, like you know, you're putting all the effort in, you're putting all the money into the advertising and all that. If something comes in good that you know fits your criteria and all that, you're probably going to take it yourself, right? Um, right. Then you've got obviously you know investor lists and stuff like that that you will source deals onto. Um, I mean, sorry, I'm telling you your business here because I know that because I've chatted to you a fair bit. But just tell us yeah. a wee bit about the other kind of other things that you do within that. Sure. So there's basically three routes that we have to sell on a property. Um, number one is the the let property sales fund, which is just really me. Um, just give it a fancy name to make it look like it's bigger than it is. Um, or it might be one of my mates or my mum or something, but that's the funds, right? Um, so that's the best deals. And you, when it's best deals, it's not always that I'm looking for some magical, you know, below market value discount. For me, it's actually looking for properties that fit my criteria. You know, I like a very specific type of property. You know, good quality, I'm, good, good quality, area. good area. You know, so if, if for something like that, the seller's keen and it's a half decent price, I'm getting a bit of a discount. Very often now I'll take it. So that's that's number one. Number two is we, you know, the other two options is really off market and on market. So off market is it goes out to an investor list or phone investors or will email investors that we know, and um, they're maybe interested in properties in a specific area, um, and that's that's like an asset of the business. Like the, the more that the more deals you do and the, the bigger you become, the bigger that list gets, and the more off market deals you effectively do. Now, I've only just recently started an investor list, so I've not got a massive massive pile. Um, all investors that work directly with us, I'm constantly trying to build that. 
But what I do just now is I send a lot of stuff out through other sources and best list and things like that as well. So I, get, I do a lot of JVs as well. So again, I'm only really suggesting off-market in the situation where it's right because this is, again, what I think a lot of sourcers make the mistake of because I've now got an on-market option and I spent all of last year trying to sell every, every deal I got off-market. And the problem, the problem with selling off-market is it's quite difficult to get property investors who don't want discounts and don't want the best deal on planet Earth. Now, there are people out there, there's you know, certainly some of the kind of foreign investors and stuff just now are paying on the money for stuff, and I've done a few deals like that. But at a broad scale, effectively, if you phone a seller up, right, and you say, I want to sell your property, and that seller says to you, which most of many landlords are right now, I've got tons of time, I just want the top price, I want home report and above, you know, 95 grand, 90 grand flat, you know, typical stuff. Um, and then I'm to try and package that up to an investor. It's very difficult because that investor is probably going to pay 80 for it. So I'm 15 grand away from that seller being able to sell it off market, right? So there were so many deals last year that I just locked, like, couldn't do anything with because they were, they were basically like too, too high, too high, too on the money in an area where I couldn't, I didn't really have investors. Um, and I was like, I can't have that as my only monetization source for deals. So what we recently launched was an estate agency service. So on market. So effectively we're putting people's properties and registered with right moves, putting people's properties on market. Now there's disadvantages to that because you have to get a home report and you know there's some more upfront costs and things like that. So sellers who go that route understand the, the downsides to it and it usually takes longer as well to sell something in the open market but the upside is they can very often get a higher price because you're putting it in the competitive market like you know Zoopla, right move things like that and because you know we specialize in tenanted property sales we win a lot more deals on tenanted properties or investment properties than a lot of other kind of typical estate agents who just book out viewings and just like you know to do all the typical stuff for a residential sale that tenanted property seller you know doesn't really get a bit the great service you know when it's got a tenant in it that you would get with a normal estate agent so that's kind of our edge and that's going really really well and it's probably growing actually faster on the on market than it is on the off market especially just because of the way the market is just now yeah so so selling tenanted properties targeting landlords uh you know getting the best possible price uh sometimes as well do you know what i mean with uh, with that that tenant still in place, or how do people want? Do, do generally people want the tenant out, or are you finding it as as part of your thing? Like we will sell this property with the tenant in place. Yeah, so I mean, a lot a lot of landlords they don't want to evict the tenant, or they don't want to go through the cost of evicting the tenant, or so some of them they have a kind of maybe personal relationship with the tenant, so they want to keep the tenant in, and that's why they would pursue a tenanted property sale, but they still don't want to take a massive hit on the price. So. Um, yeah, usually we're, we're selling it obviously to an investor. Um, and that's that's the thing. It's, it's a disadvantage for a seller to have a tenancy property because they, they have a smaller market of people they can target. You know, it's like investors, they can target residential buyers, which are the ones that are paying the silly money, right? Um, but, you know, a lot of investors, they still want the, the, the crazy high prices that you would get residential speaking. So it's about setting expectations and showing them what they could get, selling it to an investor. Um, as a tenanted sale. So usually that's our angle is we're trying to sell it tenanted, but not always. We, we sell some stuff that's untenanted that would also be good for investment properties as well, you know? 
Cool. You feel like that's quite a niche you've spotted as well, with, with a bit, bit tired landlords looking to exit the market, but the market's hot. They just don't want to evict a tenant. Do you think yeah. it's at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so like the this is the thing with with advertising. So I, when I first started, I was a very generic company that just like was like sell house fast, the typical, um, the typical sort of source and angle. Mm-hmm. And as I did it. Um, I tried and tested all sorts of different angles of, of markets because I, and I understood primarily from face, being, having a Facebook background, marketing background, that you have to niche down. You have to get an edge in a specific niche and serve it better. That's usually how you get um, an edge. So I tried all sorts of things like debt, possessions, um, people and um, you know, landlords was one of them. And what I noticed was literally all of the deals I was actually doing was to landlords. And the reason that was was because I was selling to investors when I was buying as an investor. So I was actually, without even realizing it, offering a better service than an estate agent was because landlord phones an estate agent, estate agent doesn't fucking know what really to do. They're flustering in the phone and like, oh, let's get a tenant in it. What's mm-hmm. up? What's the yield? You know, all this stuff. So like they're, they're not giving the, the seller a great service, but I obviously came from that world of being a, an investor, so I could offer a better sales service to that landlord in most cases. So I'd been buying a few tenancy properties myself. There was even a lot of distressed situations where we talk a lot of stuff where it's like the tenant's not letting anybody in. Like, what do you do in that situation? So we're a company that, that deals with that kind of thing all the time. So it's like we have other solutions available. People, people, investors who understand those situations who might be willing to invest even in a property where access is limited. So it was just, it was all about that. And then effectively that one little angle had done really, really well. So I decided to double down on it and basically mm-hmm. created a, a niche brand called Let Property Sales, which specializes in that specific thing. And that's really our bread and butter. That's what we do, you know? Yeah. Love that, mate. Like what they say, rich, there's riches in the niches or that's one of yeah, the... Yeah, it's very true. You, so, you often have to start broad to get there as well. You know, I mean, a lot of people like they, they want to jump into a niche first, but like... The best niches are the ones that you find from serving a bigger market first. Do you know what I mean? Like that's when, because that's, I, I get validation that that niche was a good niche from actually doing deals. And so I could have just went in and picked debt, right? And think, oh, debt's the one from day one. Debt was actually very difficult. Not many people are in debt just now. I realized this later on. Some people are in debt just now because of all the money printing that's happened over the last couple of years. So that's a very difficult angle at the moment to serve in. But I could have picked that as my, my big thing as my niche and I wouldn't have done well. And I, no, I thought the whole thing I, was a failure. Especially with all the changes to legislation, all this kind of negative press around, you know, how hard it is to be a landlord now and all this kind of red tape and more rent controls and things coming in for the government, then, you know, like there is, there's more and more, I, I fired up a stat there uh, at the last meeting in Glasgow, you know, like uh, the, the Scottish Association of Landlords did a survey and out there are 600 people or something like that. I think it was like 36% of landlords are considering like, you know, exit in the market, you know, so like yeah. this, this is a thing. Landlords are definitely selling up. And obviously you're in a position there where you can obviously help people in that situation. What I'm finding really interesting is not only did you niche down on that specific, you know, landlord selling tenant properties, you also looked at the, the digital marketing side of things and you've niched down there as well, because there's so many things you can do, isn't there? Like, you know, like you said, why not? Why did you decide not to just get like a sell your house fast website and, and just rank that to the very top of Google? So it was number one coming up on the Google search. 
yeah, I mean, so like there's 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 tons of other things. I mean, I actually do have some websites that rank. I think if you Google like sell house fast location, I've actually got quite a few websites on that rank for a lot of things, and I do get some leads off that. But the the, the truth was um, two two reasons. One is focus. So as I was saying earlier, I, I don't like to do multiple things at the one time because cracking one thing is really difficult. Like to see to get Facebook ads to work. I'm, I'm I know it right. I'm really smart, okay, I've, and I've spent a fortune trying to figure it out. So, so if if you think about me for a second, and then somebody else who is probably not doesn't have that experience I've got, and I'm saying to you like it's very difficult. It's going to cost you a lot of money. It's going to be a, a huge antivirus to come in to do it. And then you're you're saying to me, well, why don't I do two or three things? Well, if I do two or three things, then my money. My, my brain energy is now split across multiple things and I'll be doing 30% of my effort on those things over three things instead of 100% on this one thing that just could be the absolute winner. So I've always been an advocate of like getting something to work first and doubling down on it before like splitting, splitting focus. And um, the, the other reason as well is um, like, I, obviously I, I had an SEO background, I know very well. Uh, the SEO side of property selling is a quite competitive and quite low scale in comparison to what you can do with ads. Like so, for me to get an, to get an, an SEO site for this stuff ranked and get leads coming in with that, right? It's the kind of thing where, like, in the first year, I might get a hundred leads, but like, I could if I get a Facebook ad campaign to work, I could get a hundred leads in a week by just upping the budgets. So there's it's easier for me to make a larger business by just spending to get the leads. You know, and to, to have that constant volume coming in because when I'm when I'm doing this stuff, I'm not thinking about a couple of property deals. I'm trying to build a big company. I've already got a couple of guys working for me. I need I need flow. Do you know what I mean? I need I need constant flows of stuff coming in, and I'm playing a bigger bigger game all the time than a lot of the other smaller socials who are just trying to do a couple of deals a year. You know, so um, for me, the, the the advertising side just gives you the most unbelievably you know, unlimited ability to scale over anything else. And that's that's why I really like it. What kind of budget are you putting against there, like Facebook market ads? I mean, when I when, when I first started, um, I probably spent a couple grand a month. I mean, last month we spent about 10 grand on ads. Oh, shit. Do you mind diving so, at that, right? Because I know you share this stuff because I've seen your Instagram stories and stuff like that. So 10 grand a month, right? How many leads does that bring? I mean, I know it's difficult to absolutely pinpoint, right? But it's one thing bringing in the leads. So give us right. a wee estimate how much you could expect in return for that. People, you Presumably you're collecting people's email addresses, telephone numbers. You're then following up trying to get an appointment with them or some sort of chat where you're getting that entry point into solving their problem, as you say. Um, but then it's another thing actually getting the deal or getting the sale so can you give us a wee breakdown of that, that kind of process? Right. I mean, like, so l- let me put it very simply to you like this, right? Like, this is what most people don't think about, okay? In my first week of running paid ads, I sourced a deal for myself, which has just been put on the market that we're going to make at least £15,000 profit on, okay? Potentially twenty. It just depends what it sells for, but at least 15000 okay? That's five grand on the home report. So... I think what people forget is the value of property deals, okay? People just focus too much on, oh, marketing's an expense. No, marketing's a trade. You trade in for marketing to get a result, okay? 
Last week, we closed four estate agency clients, which for each one will make a minimum of £2,000. So £8,000 is coming in in a week, right, when those houses close. So I'm still, I sourced two deals for myself in February, okay? One of them was £25,000 off, and the other one was about £15,000 off, but it was, in, in, in current market, it would be going 10, 20,000 over. So it's really £20,000 off, right? So I've saved 40 grand in equity that you would never get on the open market just now, yeah. okay? So when, when I say to you, when I tell you all of that, and then I tell you I've spent 10 grand, would you not have spent 10 grand to source? Like, what would Absolutely. you pay? It's all to do uh, return on investment. And also because properties, you know, you can make high margins as well. It's not as if you're selling like, you know, uh, iPhone cases or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, you're not selling a toothbrush. If I selling a toothbrush and I spent 10 grand, that would be different, a different wow factor, I think. But 10 grand right. in the property world is not, it's, it's playing playing the game that, that it is, you know, like understand it. So so what so what happens then if you're, if you're paying 10 grand, what happens if somebody just comes along with 20 grand and starts blowing your ads out of the space? Does that happen like yeah so that that that's where it comes down to it's not just about the amount you spend, it's about your ability to do deals. Because effectively if you if you're running ads in Scotland right now, there's going to be so many deals. I mean it happens all the time. There's going to be so many deals that are crossovers and Ultimately, the person who wins is the person that gets the seller the best solution, the best price, perhaps the best um, selling time frame, whatever it is. Um, you know, for example, there was somebody that contacted us that needed money in a week, like they had to have the money next week, and I bought it cash, and she got her money in a week, and you know, like that's the solution she needed. Like yeah. what, a, a little small sourcer is not going to probably get that done. Like they need to find a cash buyer. Like, do you see what I'm saying? It comes down to your ability to do a great service for yeah. the end customer. And, and I feel it comes. I, I feel it comes down when it starts. When you start playing at that level as well, I feel it does come down to a little bit of like you know personal personality, personal brand, and you know you're obviously a good communicator as well, Gary. Do you know what I mean? You've got a bit of the gift of the gab too. So you know yeah. that that'll kind of seal you a few deals as well. So yeah, absolutely. Um, you've got to have that you know i mean like at the end of the day you're dealing you're dealing with people that are selling probably their their biggest prized investments that they own like that's you need to remember like somebody's selling a house it's funny because when i used to I, when i first started i was so naive i used to like oh people won't know what their properties are worth i'll just phone them and i'll kind of it's worth 90 but i'll tell them it's worth 70 sort of thing it'll be no problem everyone knows what it's worth i'm i was i was naive to think that like it's it's the biggest investment you know, and the reality is, I think just being upfront, being a, being a straightforward person with people, you know, giving people the realistic options and ultimately having better options than other people is what's going to land you more deals. You know, yeah. I'm doing a lot more deals now than I was last year because I've learned from a lot of mistakes. I've offered better services now. I've got more investors. I've got the on-market listing option now. All of that is making the same budget that I was spending last year worth 10 times more because I can now monetize it better, you know. Having that multiple exits has got to be the key that stands you apart from, from any other sources that's sitting there, especially like you say on the market, because you know that you like you say you can take it off market, you can send it to your investors, or you can actually put it on market. If you can't find that end service and that's what they really want, then you lose the, the deal completely. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
let me ask you, obviously you're generating a lot of leads, you know, I mean, I'm presuming that, you know, at the moment you said you've got two other guys, but I'm presuming you do a lot of the work yourself at the moment in terms of, you know, are you doing the calls, you know, what sort of conversations are you having with people in this current market? Um, yeah, so the, the, the initial calls aren't done by me. It's one of the guys that works for me that does the initial sales call. I'm still doing a lot of the, the viewings just now. Um, and the reason for that is that's like the biggest part of the sales pitch. And I'm trying to perfect that before I would get somebody else to do it. I'm, and I did the calls will be back. Like it's, I'm an advocate of kind of do it yourself and name once you've perfected it, get somebody else to do it. And um, there's so many conversations. And this is the, the brilliant thing about marketing is um, it's a constant evolution of being in the market. Like I kind of look at marketing as a tool okay, to allow you to offer a better service to people because you understand their problems. The more people I can deal with, right, the more feedback I can get from people, which allows me to make my service better. So some of the, some of the big angles right now are like the tax changes for landlords. That's like a huge frustration. The amount of people that phone up and they're uh, frustrated because um, they really make nothing off their buy-to-let because they've got, you know, they can't deduct the mortgage payments and all this stuff now, you know, the changes that happened last year. Um, so they're not making, you know, it's not actually cash flowing. Um, a lot of landlords as well, they just don't really know what they're doing. Like they, they charge rent that's too low. Um, and, you know, and interest rates go up a lot, you know, a point and it's like they, you know, they, they're not realizing they have to increase the rent to go with the interest rate to cover it. Um, or they don't know the trades to be able to get things done cheaper as landlords that spend a fortune repaying properties. And that's their frustration. And um, it's not profitable because they've just put in a, a, a four grand boiler, although I could have put it, I'm not telling them, but I could have put it in for 1,500 quid. So kind of the, the guys who are, who, are, who are standing the test of time in the current market in terms of landlords are the ones I would say that are doing it more than, more than a couple of units. They're more like us, probably. They're a bit more savvy to the cost of things and what the right properties are to buy and all that stuff. So um, those are the ones that are doing better. So there's got all this massive influx of people that just bought properties at a great time, at a great price as well, who want to sell and just exit their investments. And I would say that's probably 90% of people, you know. Yeah, I think there's, got, like you said before, there's going to be a lot more of that as well. Uh, Stephen, do you want to yeah. say something? Yeah, are you focused on a certain area, Gary? And then once you kind of get that area sorted, are you looking to expand out and grow that business more? Absolutely. So right now, all I target is Glasgow and South Lanarkshire because it's within driving distance. Um, but I would absolutely do other areas. I, I originally last year, actually, I targeted all of Scotland, but it was a bit of a waste of time because I didn't really realise at the start as well how important um, doing a viewing was. Like, the viewing is literally like, one of the best ways to build a relationship with the landlords because when I go to viewings now and then the landlord likes you so much that she's giving me seven other properties to sell for her, do you know what I mean? Get portfolio deal out of it. It's the building the relationship, getting that trust is like um, the main thing that wins you deals. So I would, um, but by, by targeting outside of Glasgow is very difficult just now. So my model at the moment is to get Glasgow working because I'm, I'm still very much in getting it to work stage. Like, I've only recently just launched the estate agency. There were so many deals that we weren't able to do anything with. So once, I, once I've got a very good flow, a very profitable flow of deals in Glasgow, because you can build, I mean, this is, this is the thing, you don't need to think that big. You can build a 200 grand a month business in Glasgow. Like how, yeah. thinking how many properties are selling 
in Glasgow all the time. It's it's huge. I mean, right. even just some of these. I mean, I'm in the West End just now, like Retty and stuff. They charge an absolute fortune to to sell a property here, and they get it. And I've done some rough numbers. I mean, they're making easily fifty grand a month just in the West End office. Off I like of, the way you just slipped that in. I'm sitting in the West End at the moment. <laughs> I my, need to always my, that in. my broken radiator in the background. <laughs> Let's not tell them about that. <laughs> hey, listen, I was interested. See, when you do these viewing appointments with landlords, do you roll up in your orange McLaren? <laughs> he's, so, got a, he's got a viewing car. <laughs> have you got a Ford so Mondeo parked up there as well? <laughs> I don't actually, I don't actually have another car at the moment, so I have been using the clan and having to park around the corner. Because I was going to say, like, see if you rolled up right outside. I mean, I'm a landlord. I've got like you know a few properties. I'm not minted. Mm. You know, I'm actually struggling at the moment. And then right. you know, some young guy turns up in an orange McLaren. I'd be like, ah, fuck off, you wee wank. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I know you're, you're right. I know you're not like that, right? Because yeah. you're a likable guy, and I can see that you're not in all that cars and all that stuff. But the, have you been caught out with that at all? No, I've not been caught. I always park a street over, so I've not actually been caught doing it yet. Um, so no, I've been I've been fortunate. I've, I'm actually in the process of buying another car because it is stupid. I've literally just been lazy not purchasing another car, but I should have a wee ten grand Ford. You're absolutely right to be tapping up to those viewings on because it's also racking up miles. I'm way to Bathgate, you know what I mean? And I'm a clad and everyone's wild and everything, you know. But it's like I shouldn't be going to. Get the you know, Tesla through the company as a as a, a direct expense. Yeah. 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 I, think, I, think, I, think, I, I recommend yeah. a Nissan Leaf. Oh yeah. <laughs> you won't get far out of Glasgow when you expand the business, you'll have to go and charge before you get out of Glasgow. Aye, that's true. <laughs> Aye. Anyway, uh, listen, that was that was brilliant. Um where, where you know, like the thing is, right? I think we need to address this point because too many people go on the courses, you know, and we we've all seen it. You know, one of the best entry points into property is the kind of, you know, the deal sourcing, packaging deals, which we know works, which we know a lot of people, you know, make a good success of. But it's not as easy as all that, is it? Just making a few phone calls and Facebook and Gumtree and all the rest of it, and then things happen. Like, you've been doing it now for a wee while. You've been putting a fair budget in, and they don't just flow, do they? No, I mean, it's not It's not easy. I, am, I mean, like, so th- this is the question I always would tell anyone who's starting out to ask themselves because I did start from very little and got some quite quick results with sourcing but like the question I think you need to ask yourself is like what's your edge like what what are you going to do that's genuinely better than other people in the market right now and that was always the question I asked myself and it was like from day one it was like well instantly it's marketing and business understanding business and understanding you know like that I can spend in marketing and it's like okay to spend 10 grand because I swag it back you know so like I mean I see on the credit card statements and I'm still like so sometimes you have that moment you're like oh crap you know, spent that much in ads but then you look okay what am I getting in from that and you you know it's, it's having that business head so I would say for anyone starting out it's not it's not impossible there is a lot of opportunity out there I know some people that have just started in sourcing and they do very very well um, from just making connections and getting deals off one guy, finding an investor, and their thing is working with investors are very good at it. Do you know what I mean? And they get deals over the line. But like that's because they're a great communicator. They maybe ha- like some of the, the best people that have investors I've noticed have kind of had some contacts before they came in as well. You know, or some of the best property guys that do the best flips 
they've had like an engineering background or a background before in construction where they can understand that, you know, like some people can't look at a house and see what, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not a property guy. I, I couldn't walk in and see that a two bed instantly goes to a three bed and have, you know, I'll, I'll save some costs for that. I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy. So for me, I'm going up against an engineer into that viewing. I'm humped. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to ever go. So it's, it's what's your edge? What, what's the, what's the skill set that you're bringing in? Because it is very competitive, especially just now. Um, and with anything competitive, you've got to start looking and asking that question. Why would I have a chance? What, what, what is it about my character, my knowledge, my contacts that's going to give me an ability to get ahead of other people? And I think if you've got a good sense on that and a good mindset on that, you're going to have a, a better journey than somebody who's just coming in thinking it's a get-rich-quick scheme. You know? One of the things I've noticed that's really different that stands you as well is that, you know... <laughs> I see your Facebook adverts and I'm like, they actually, you know, I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Wait, the fuck's that? It's like, it's actually one of Gary's ads. It's like a guy dressed up as like Superman or something. I don't even know. You know, really weird stuff that makes you think, what is that? And then you look and it's like, let property sales, Mm -hmm. you know, and like you're- It's called a, it's called a scroll stopper. I just spend all day thinking about a way to capture attention because that's that I'm a marketer, you know? So the fact that, that's awesome that you're, you're thinking that. And it, it tells in the stats of the ads, like at the end of the day, you want to create something if you're doing Facebook that um, makes somebody stop because if they don't stop, you just, what do you do to keep doing people and miss it? So it's, it's all about getting that stop, getting that attention and ultimately converting them into a lead. It's, it's the goal. Stephen's going to start putting the kilt on to get people to stop scrolling. So Hey, it would work. It would probably work. You dance about in a kilt, you know, next to a property. I'll sell it for you. Next got the dance moves. I'll get the kilt. <laughs> Gary, is, is people are people still going on Facebook, by the way? Because a lot of people are saying that Facebook's dying, you know, like all this stuff with the iOS updates where you can't target people and all the rest of it. Like, do you see there's still a bit of mileage there? Well, how many people do you know that are still on Facebook? I'm just saying there's a lot of people out there like, yeah. ah, Facebook's dead, like, don't bother with Facebook anymore, but obviously you're making it work, you know? It's got, it's got, like, I mean, that's all, it's always a very macro conversation when you start to look at that. At the end of the day, Facebook is the biggest, I don't know if it actually is the biggest, TikTok's quite big now, um, but it's the one of the biggest platforms for traffic. I even know from from Facebook's perspective, you're going to get investors or people talking about traffic declining and people leaving. And that is maybe, you know, potentially a thing that will happen in the future. But Facebook has the ultimate, you know, the, the, the widest reach of people, like almost everyone is on Facebook. And it has, what's better than its reach of people is its algorithm. There's no other platform on planet Earth that has the ability and data on users that Facebook has to be able to target them. Like to the point where like you don't even need to tell Facebook much about what you're trying to target and it still finds the right people. It's just a platform that's better. Just for marketers, it's just like the easiest way for me to find a landlord is going to be just on Facebook. Yeah, every plus your, time. your demographic as well, isn't it? So like, you know, you're not going to find many tired landlords on TikTok. 
do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. I mean, look, there, there, there might be something there, like, again, like I'm sure that, that there's actually that stat recently saying that TikTok's getting a lot of kind of the, the older population on it now, you know. I mean, you're on TikTok now, yeah, you're yeah. A landmark. <laughs> so, you know, so it's there's there, there are um, they are there. You just need to think about, right? Take, take the Take, take the, the, the media talk away from it and think about like, are the people that I am trying to sell to on this platform, are they in this location? And the reality is like majority of people are on Facebook, even YouTube, like there's tons of people that use YouTube, they're there. You could run YouTube ads for targeting property sales. It would work. There'll be a way of making that work. Like there are, people are watching YouTube videos. So it's, is there's not, I don't think the platform is really the biggest um the biggest thing to think about, I think more you need to focus on your marketing and actually how do I get a landlord when he comes across this advertisement to interact with that and ultimately deal with me as a company. And that's that's more what I'm thinking about. But fa- Facebook is just like, um, yeah, it's going to it's gonna have the most, I would say, reach for those types of people that I'm targeting anyway. And last question from me, mate. I, I was, I'm always curious... But do you think a lot of people, like, because you see a lot, I look at a lot of Facebook ads popping up and all that, but you see them, like, for a little bit of time and then they just, like, they just disappear. So what I'm thinking to myself, what's happening here is people are, like, get excited about Facebook ads and all the rest of it. You know, you've got, like, set aside a couple of grand, you know, to do their Facebook ads in the market. And then they probably don't get anything back. And then they, like, just say, ah, this shit doesn't work. So it's all about consistency and about that kind of long term. I mean, absolutely. I mean, like this. This is um, was, was somebody I was um, talking to the other day that, that spoke to me about this kind of exact thing, and he was saying like, um, you know, how difficult it was, and how much he'd spent, and it was like five grand or something. You know, not even a lot of money. Um, and I said to him, I says, okay, I says, how much would it be worth to you to have a property agency sourcing business, whatever, a property agency sourcing business? that was the livelihood of your income was generating 10, 20,000 a month. You had a couple of guys working for you. How much is that worth to you? Like if you were to buy that company, what's it worth? It was like a half a million pound or something, like bought up at the value of the business, right? And I said, you spent five grand to get it. So it's, it's perspective of what you're actually going in for. I think that the mistake a lot of people make is that they they think they're entering, they think they're going to win big mm. off of a small end. Doesn't like life doesn't work like that, you know. It's, it's, like, it's about working out that kind of return on investment for me. I remember kind of my first year of putting money in the market. I think it was like a thousand pound a month on a, a local radio ad, and some spending here, and there was leaflets and there was bandit boards, and you add up over the year. And, and you look you, you look at your leads and you look to the, the deals that brought you in, the one that was sourced on, one that was flipped and one that added the portfolio. And you look to the monetary value and you're going, you just more than doubled your money, like three, four times your money, I think it was at times. Exactly. You, you look at that and, 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 and the thing is, next year, because you've done all that, you're yeah. probably going to do it better next year and do more deals out of the stuff you had right because you've learned more and you're more experienced yeah. right so a lot of people forget that at the start they have they don't but help like i counted up last year in 2021 last year yeah <laughs> 2021 and um, there was about four or five hundred people that wanted to sell their property okay but i didn't sell them anything right because they wanted too high a price 
Borough people now. If I had had my estate agency back then, that would have been easily 200 grand I'd have made off that. Easily. Think about the, the amount of, even if I convert 100 of those people at two grand in a estate agency, well, it's a quarter of people that wanted to sell their property. I'm getting closer to like most of them listen with me now. Like, quarter of those people had given me two grand. Because you've, you've, you've already done the hard work. You've already got the end. You've already got the marketing. You've already arranged the view. Right. And you've already got that rapport going with them to take them on the journey and just lose it at the last bit. Like you say, now you've plugged in that bit on the end to say, well, now I can sell it on the market. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. And that's, the, that's like the, that's the thing about marketing. It's not just obviously about getting cheaper leads and getting cheaper deals. It's actually the buy, your buying experience and your buying feedback, which is going to help you to grow your service all the time. And that's why for, for somebody coming into the landlord game, you know, they're going to need to compete with some serious budgets against someone like me because like I'm learning more than I'm learning faster than a lot of companies. I mean, I'm, I'm playing catch up as well with some of the other companies that are out there right now. I'm having to, to catch up with them in terms of service, knowledge, deliverability. Like I'm still probably doing a shitter job than, than some of the, the bigger estate agents that do this stuff. But for me, that's what I'm buying that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm buying that experience. If, if this year I, I make a, a loss and I can lose a hundred grand, to me, it's kind of worth it because I'll get a few deals. I'll do some stuff myself. And then, you know, at the, at the end of the year, I'll have the experience for tour next year is going to be like an absolute gold year. And the, the thing is in business, like my learning always was like, your payday comes at the very, very end. Do you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. I, I've always been an advocate of reinvesting a lot of profits back in just to like grow it and get more expense and grow even faster. And um, a lot of people, again, like they're in a weaker position to someone like me, where it's like they need to take an income out of the business all the time. If you're in that situation, I'm taking that your income and putting it into my my, my business and putting it back in so, I mean, because I've kind of got cash. It's a bit easier for me to play in, in this world right now and do a faster and better job at growing than, than some of the other people. And that's that's just the, the mindset you've got to have. And you just have to look at who you're up against, what you're going in for, and what's realistic. Like start, uh, for somebody that's starting off with absolutely nothing in sourcing, um, again, I'd be looking at your skills and there's so much that you can do that's not starting a sourcing business and running Facebook ads to make money. You know, speaking to people, get a few deals over the line. Hey, go and get a job in an estate agency for a year and go and learn how to actually do sales so that you can sell people's property. Like that, I would have, I would have like, if I was starting again, I, I might have done something like that for a few months. That would have been good to, to actually be on the ground with an estate agent who was established and see how they close deals. Like, I'm really struggling with that. A great, great value tip there, mate, and a great way to end because you don't see people, you know, like the gurus and the, the course providers and that saying, I go and get a job in a estate agent because I'm not going to fucking buy into that lifestyle, but it's a very good point. And I just want to clarify as well, the next time you see Gary pull up in his bright orange McLaren at the traffic lights, he's not a wee dick. He's actually a very likable guy. So, you know, we're... <laughs> 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 Brilliant, Gary. And, and uh, cheers for answering that question because that was going to be on my last questions on the tips you would give back to people that are maybe starting out with not the budget to put in the ad. So that, that brilliant. Yeah. Look, I mean, you, I'm not saying to people don't do ads. There's, there's, there's some guys who have started out in small budgets and, and done well, but usually the people, as I say, who have done that um, have an inherent kind of ability to, to do a good job. They're usually quite good at sales. They're usually quite good at property itself. And they do more with the leads that they get than other people. And, you know, it's, it's just about looking at your, where your skill sets lie. And if you're, if, you, if, you, if you're crap at sales, don't understand property and don't know marketing, 
I would not recommend the first thing you do is to go and run Facebook ads and start a large sourcing company. It's going to be a very difficult uphill battle for you. And uh, my advice would be to learn some of those supplementary skills and later on start your own company, whether it's starting a state agency to go and sales, like go into state agency and start learning sales, maybe um, you know, go, go and do marketing somewhere and learn marketing first. You know, perhaps you do client work to go and learn uh, marketing for a few years to then you know, after you've spent somebody else's money and wasted it, go and then spend spend your own money on your own thing. You know, that's there's just there's lots of different angles and you've got to just be realistic. And it's the, the kind of arrogance of some people to think that you're gonna step in and get insane results day one. It's not it's not true, you know. And by the way, I'm not I'm not against courses. I think what a lot of courses do is they, they do inspire and they get they give people a lot of motivation. And I owe a lot of what I learned about property to to some of the trainings in Scotland. So I don't I, I don't I don't diss courses one bit. Um, I just think what you've got to do is take the knowledge from courses and apply, apply it to your own, mm-hmm. apply it to your position, and apply it to, to to what you're trying to do, and that's really what's going to make things work. You know, it's not that there's nothing out there that's a cookie cutter business plan to making money, and you've got to you know apply things and and have a unique edge in some kind of way, whether it's in your skills and your marketing, whatever you know. Yeah, nice one. Is there anything we can do to help you, mate? Like, is there anybody you're looking to connect with, or um, you know, what, what you know, you, you've can people get in touch with you if they're wanting to work with you, or absolutely, well, follow my Instagram's the first thing. I'm trying to get that to a thousand followers now. I've been posting on there a lot, so check out that. Um, check out Let Property Sales if you're an investor or a landlord looking to sell. And also, if you're an established um, estate agent or deal trader that's already doing, you know, big, big market budgets, I've got a consultancy thing I do as well and um, called D- Direct to Vendor Fast Track that you can check out and see if I can help you with your own marketing as well. Great. We'll, right, put, those, uh, we'll put some links in the show notes. And thanks very much for your time. You better go and sort that broken radiator now. I know. And I've been keeping it hidden here. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, Gary. Cheers. Cheers, Take buddy. Care. Take care. Right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Gary Wilson. I know myself and Nick certainly did. Um, great value. He's got a real unique skill set there, which is applying to his property business, and, and, and I'm sure he'll do very, very well out of it. Yeah, we need to get him along to one of the events as well to do a speech. But uh, talking of events, Stephen? Yep, first Wednesday every month, we have got Glasgow, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, and Dundee. Everyone, everyone's got their guest speakers all lined up. Ticket sales are, are moving very quickly. I'm sure Glasgow, by the time this podcast release, will be sold out. Um, and Aberdeen and Edinburgh and Dundee will trail behind you. Don't worry, mate. We'll keep we'll keep you propped up. We'll give you a wee a wee helping hand as well. Uh, listen, guys, as always, really appreciate the support. Please tag us on Instagram, Scottish at Scottish Property Podcast at Stephen Clark Property at Nick Ponte. Um, sorry, not Stephen Clark Property. I think it was Stephen Clark Property. Is it right? Cool. And we will uh, re uh, tag, we will restory you out to our audience as well. Re- I was going to say retweet. I don't even know the words, mate. Anyway, it's been Appreciate a long day. It. We'll leave it at that, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs>